Welcome. I'm your host, Andrea Maximo, and you are listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast. In a society hell-bent on controlling and exploiting a woman's body and sexuality, I created the Electric Feminine to bring together a community of women dedicated to unlearning the negative messaging we've been taught about ourselves. I invite you to learn with me from some of my favorite coaches, educators, and friends in the world of spirituality, sensual embodiment, and sexual empowerment. This is about redefining beauty and sexuality for ourselves. This is for understanding, healing, and celebrating our divine feminine energy from head to heart to yoni. Let's go. What's up, amazing women? Today I am here. I want to talk to you about the gremlin voice. Oh, the gremlin voice. Okay, so here's the deal with this gremlin voice of ours. We all have it. Uh, sometimes it's called the inner critic. Sometimes it's called the nightmare child, which I think is terrifying. Uh, sometimes it's called the crazy pigeon driving the bus, which is what my friend Jen Speed calls it, and I love that. Um, you know, so there's lots of different words, a stingy voice. That's how I was also taught it was, but essentially it's a voice that pops up whenever you are feeling less than it's the voice that pops up when you're about to try something new and it tells you to sit down cause you're going to look like a fool. It's the voice that pops up when you really want to speak your truth and it tells you not to because people will leave and not love you or they'll be angry with you or disappointed. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And and if you if you can resonate with this, stick with me, carpool down this lane with me, all right? The voice. I want to talk about where it comes from. I want to talk about what we do about this voice. And the first thing I want to tell you though is that the voice is not going away. That's the news flash. The voice is not going away. The voice is here to stay because the voice is a part of us. It's a part of us that got hurt a long time ago that somehow some situation or something was said to us and it created this voice that says you're not enough. You're not pretty enough, smart enough, fit enough, white enough, black enough. You know, you're just not good enough. Um, it's, it's the idea that you are not ever enough no matter what you do and it pops up at times when you are generally about to step out of your comfort zone or to dare to have a different way of thinking or seeing things. And I think what we usually assume is that this voice is bad. We assume that this voice is a demon or the devil or, you know, something that needs to be extracted, removed or solved, healed. And it does need to be healed, but it's not something evil, actually. And I know I called it a gremlin, but if you all remember the movie back from 1980-something, like even before it was a gremlin, it was a mogwai, and that was some cute little fuzzy little thing, right? And then we didn't follow instructions. You fed it after midnight, it turned into the gremlin. So I like to believe that this voice is actually a part of us. It's a smaller version of us, if you will, as most of the time the voice is born at a time or is created at a time when we were younger. Now, I, you know, wh what's my background? How do I know about this? I first learned about this in Landmark Forum, which I know people have some controversial feelings about the Landmark Forum. It's basically like a very intense two days uh, personal development forum that it goes pretty hard on people. However, I think it is one of the most effective, amazing personal development 
um, courses I've ever been through, regardless of their reputation for feeling cult-like. Um, you know, for me, a cult is always trying to tear you away from your family and the people that love you. And Landmark is forcing you to literally call them that weekend and get right. So I don't see that as cult-like behavior. Maybe their fervor with which they want you to sign up feels cult-like. But ultimately, um, the essence, the content, the point of the weekend is incredible. So anyway, Landmark was the first time I heard about it. Then I went on to, you know, do uh, personal development coaching. I certified with the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, IPEC. Um, learned the, about the levels of energy that we all have within us. Um, and I learned about the gremlin voice. Lululemon as well. When I work there, I was a manager there for three years and worked for the company a total of almost seven years. And they also were very heavily in personal development. Again, whatever you feel about the company is what you feel. But the bottom line is, is that they are there to offer personal development of the people that work for them for free. Okay. And I got so much from, from them um, about goal setting, about really understanding how to lead yourself effectively. So again, you know, I know that sometimes that company doesn't have a great reputation, but I know just from working there, from my experience there, it was one of the greatest tools. It was one of the greatest free educations I received as far as personal development goes. So those places all taught me about this, what that was, you know, and I knew it, I heard it, I, I felt it every time I had to be in a position to be new, to be at a new school, hated that, to be new in a room, to be the person that um, didn't know how to do something right away. The the voice would sound off and just let me know how stupid I was going to look. And I would just shut down and refuse to participate in things. So that voice actually robbed me of a lot of opportunities to try something new, to to learn different things, because I was so afraid of what people would think. For me, that voice was first created when I was very young. I think I was coming out of kindergarten going into, I know I was coming out of kindergarten going into first grade. And for whatever reason, I was, my parents did not want to keep me in kindergarten a year longer. I don't even know if it was an option back in the days. Um, so I was younger going into the class, not like what you can do with kids now when you can hold them back a year and let them enter kindergarten at maybe six. I think I entered kindergarten at five or entered first grade at five. But the story goes, uh, my dad and mom, they had separated and my dad, you know, very much the academic. He worked for the Justice Department at the time. You know, my father had gone to grad school, like just very much about the academics. And he really wanted my education to be top. So he insisted that I, you know, my mother take me to this school on the Upper East Side of Manhattan that was an exclusive, I believe, all girls private school to, uh, to try to get in. So I went and I don't remember much about the actual, you know, the day or what I had to do with what I assume was a teacher or the admissions officer. But I remember very clearly sitting in the office afterwards and the admissions officer and my mom talking. And all I remember them saying is she does not know her ABCs. Yeah, so we are not going to be able to take her because she just simply is too far behind and I remember my mom looking at me and not saying anything, but just kind of what I interpreted to be disappointment. And I say interpreted because it wasn't words that she said. It was my interpretation of her look, which created the story in my head 
that I had done something wrong or I had disappointed her. Uh, and I was not smart. That's what I took away from that meeting. I was not smart. And that's something that I carried for a really long time and made my excuse to not try so hard academically. It made it my reason to gravitate towards the arts where I did actually excel. I was an artist. I, you know, I had a great visual eye. I loved to paint. I loved music. Um, although I couldn't sing, I loved to dance. Um, and I loved to perform. And I think that became my winning formula was to be the entertainer, to be the one that was outgoing and fun and never having to be the one that had to be smart. And anytime I was put in a position, usually in a math class or a science class, to have to summon that part of myself, it would just feel like tightness in my chest. It would feel like my stomach would drop, palms would sweat, and here comes a voice. You know, you're just not smart enough. You're not, you know, if you could only just be smarter, you'd be able to figure this problem out. Um, so, you know, I, I went with that for a long time. And it really wasn't until I got to doing some of this personal development work that I started to understand the origin of that voice. And I started to really see um, as an adult through my five-year-old's eyes how I created that story and how I also made my ability my talent in the arts to be my winning formula, to make it work for me, but how it also made me not try too hard in certain categories and how it, how it kept me, my light a little low if I ever felt intimidated uh, speaking in front of a room full of quote-unquote intellects. So what was the journey to get a hold of this voice? Well, it's about managing it. You know, it's about friending the voice is what I learned and what has worked for me and what has worked for my clients. This is an area that I feel I have done uh, the most work in because even though people come to me for one thing, it ultimately ends up being about that voice telling them that they're not enough, that they're not able to do it on their own, that they have to follow what their parents say, that they have to uh, do it a certain way or they'll be shunned. And it's it's about finding the courage to finally say that is not the truth. To know that the voice comes up and to know what it feels like in your body so that you can start to distinguish the tight feeling you feel from the higher coach that you actually should be following. Whether that be your intuition also being your oracle in your womb center, right? Your womb wisdom. But that, that all gets blocked by the voice. So a lot of times people will say, well, how do I know the difference between that voice, the womb wisdom voice, my oracle voice, my intuition, my higher coach, and the gremlin voice, the stingy voice. And it's about what it feels like in your body. It's always about your body, getting connected to your body and sensations and allowing yourself to really tap into what you're feeling in those moments of fear and discomfort versus what you feel in those moments when things feel like you've made a choice that feels good or when you can feel yourself feeling accomplished because of some decision that you've made, something that you've executed. Um, it's a different feeling and it's about sensations. And the more we understand it and not just take it for granted, the better and more connected we can be to ourselves and understanding what these triggers are. So the voice is going to have triggers. And that was the thing I had to learn. What is it that triggered me? Not knowing how to do something. Right. So what did I have to get comfortable doing was I had to get comfortable saying, I don't know how to do that. Can you show me? And saying it like a boss, saying it as if that is just a fact of life and there's nothing to be ashamed of. And that's what I learned to do. I learned to raise my hand 
and ask questions because what I also started to realize is that I raised my hand and five of the people after class were like, thank you for asking because I was wondering myself, but I was too afraid to ask. So right away I saw I'm not the only one who's feeling this way. So there was that comfort of understanding it's not just me, right? And it's a practice. It's a practice. And now I feel like I get pretty good with that voice. It pops up from now and then, every now and then. And that's the reason why I say it's not going to go away. But it does forget its place. So managing it means you're giving it a new job. You're assigning it a new job. Its original job was to try to protect you from ever feeling embarrassed again, fearful again, hurt again, traumatized again, heartbroken again whatever it is, less than again. So if it just stops you from trying anything that's going to potentially cause those feelings again, then it succeeded. So in a way, it's like that overbearing mother that is so terrified to let you out the door and you just want to experience life and she wants to bubble wrap you before she sends you out on a bike ride, right? She means well, but she's fucking suffocating you in the process of trying to protect you. So what you got to do is you got to convince yourself first of what's true. You got to look at that moment that it arrived and look at how you may have created a story based on your interpretation of the events. You know, if you were somebody whose parents maybe split up and you somehow made that your fault your voice may have arrived in that moment, but the truth is, is that it had nothing to do with you. But I know that children can often think that it is them that caused the rift in the family. They want to take a certain responsibility about that, but it wasn't. It was your parents that made that decision, right? But in that moment, the voice says it's you. So now what does that create? It creates a fear of being left. So maybe now you have anxiety about being left. So maybe you cling harder to people or the adverse. You don't let people get close to you. So you don't have to feel what it's like to have them leave. Like when your parents had to split, maybe your mom left or your dad left, right? So these are the different ways. And the voice will pop up and say, don't get close because they're just going to leave. Or the voice will say, hang on tighter because they're going to go. Hang on tighter until you smother them too right out of your life. So it's about understanding its triggers, understanding what shows, how it shows up, what causes it to show up, what it feels like in your body when it shows up. And even before it gets to your brain, starting to recognize those things so you can start to breathe and ground yourself and place your hands on the center of your chest as I have my students do in pure movement. And yes, in my electric life coaching, right? I'm like, put your hands on your body. Feel that connection. Breathe. Get grounded and start asking yourself questions. Why are you up here now? What's going on? What are we fearful of? And then really start looking at the facts. You know, maybe it shows up right before your big presentation. Take a second, step to the side, find a closet, find a corner, breathe, close your eyes, hands on your body and ask, why are you here right now? And it'll tell you, it'll tell you, I'm here because I'm afraid that we're not prepared. And then you have to do what? You've got to speak the truth. I did the work. I am prepared. No, we're not. We're not prepared. Okay, well, then if we're not, we're going to do the very best that we can. And we're just going to own what we didn't do. And it's going to be all right. 
because part of the work is also reminding yourself of the times that you did succeed, the times that you have accomplished, the times that you did heal from that heartbreak, right? We spend so much time focusing on what we don't have, what we didn't do, that we don't often give ourselves enough credit for what we were able to do, how we did bounce back, how we did heal, and then ask yourself a step further, what were the things that I possessed that helped me accomplish that? What values led me there, right? What were my guiding stars in those moments, my North Star? What values helped me make those decisions that helped me win that account or helped me believe in myself in that moment to get up and give that speech or helped me you know, decide to walk away from that relationship? So acknowledging that. Another thing I tell my people to do, the people I'm working with, is to name that fucker, man. Give it a name and not a name of someone you know, because that could get awkward. So try to pick a name, someone you do not know. And it could be a funny name. It could be a wacky name. It could be any name you want it to be. But the point is, when you say it, it's probably going to bring a little smile to your face. It just naturally takes some of the edge out of the gremlin. So mine is Wanda, currently. I'm sorry if there's any Wandas listening. It's a lovely name, but I don't know anybody named Wanda. It's a name that just came to me and I ran with it. So Wanda will show up sometimes and she will show up still. Uh, generally, she shows up, you know, to be cool and, and, and to cheer me on, to let me know I got it. And that's the beautiful place that we're at. That's the new job I've given her. But every now and then she will slip and she'll panic. And she'll fall into anxiety and worry and comparison and scarcity. And I have to remind her, I do that. I talk to myself and remind myself of what the truth is. I am loved. I am safe. I'm capable. I've done it before. I can do it again. I can do hard things. I've done them before. I can do it again. And if it's something completely new, it does not matter you walk through that flame and you just have the faith to know that you've done things. It might've looked differently, but you've done it before in some shape or form, but it's a practice. And one day I'm gonna give Wanda a new name. One day she's gonna graduate from being Wanda, Wanda the whiny, right? One day she's gonna, one day she's gonna graduate into a name that really would fit a queen. We're still working on it. We're still trying to be consistent with it. And then that doesn't mean that she's never going to pop up again. But Wanda is closely approaching the point where I'm going to give her a new name. I'm going to crown her something that really speaks to the fact that she is becoming more of an angel to me than a distraction. She's becoming more of a guide to me. She's becoming a comfort to me. And even in those moments when she panics, how we're able to calm down that voice is so much gentler than what I was doing before, yelling, getting upset with myself, calling myself names. You're so stupid. Have you done that before? Yeah. And I know we say it, sometimes we're saying it, joking, I'm so dumb, I shouldn't have done that. But you know what? Words fucking matter and you're hearing it, your body's hearing it. That little voice is hearing it. So taking care with the words we're saying, you name it, 
you identify its triggers, you get into the practice of managing it when it shows up. You understand what happens in your body way before it even gets to your brain. You note the physical things that happen in your body. You learn them. It's all about learning about yourself. And I know this work can sometimes not be fun. I know it can be really hard. I know it can make people cry. I know it can make people have to face things or have to understand things about themselves or admit things about themselves that it's uncomfortable. And, and what we have to remember, though, is that ultimately what we want is to heal. We want to hear the right voice, right? Or we want to put the voice that is talking smack. And you got a couple of them in your head, in your body, right? You're going to have the oracle, like I talked about. You got your higher coach. You got your heart talking to you. Some people say my gut feeling that I believe is still maybe close to your womb center. So that could be one and the same. But that little ego voice, that one, that's the one we're talking about. And that one, that's part of it. And this is about healing all of it. So this is the work. This is the work that I, I am looking at for 2021 is bringing more of the body into the personal development work so that when you come to me and you say, I want to I wanna work with this, this voice in my head or I, I really want to work on why I'm not accomplishing that goal, right? Because those are the things I love talking to people about the vision for their lives and helping them figure out how they can get there. And I love, love working this gremlin stuff with people because it's important that voice is disruptive as fuck. It has killed more dreams than you can imagine, So when you're ready, you know, if you're ready to do that, then let's get into it. Reach out. Let's talk about it, but be ready to do the work. You got to be ready to do the work to commit to yourself by being in the practice of daily self-love and healing. It's not a quick remedy. It's not a quick fix. I will never, ever tell you that. It is not called life coaching for nothing, right? It ain't in the minute coaching. It's not in a weekend coaching. It is life coaching. Because even if you go to a two-day seminar like a landmark, it is up to you what you do with the information when you leave because that's when the real work starts. So you can coach with me all day long, but if once you leave that coaching session, you forget everything or you're not in the practice of it, then you're not going to see the results that you need. I'm just there to guide you to the answers you already have. I'm just there to help clear the path so you can hear the right voices and you can quiet that ego voice and manage it. But you got to do the work. You got to be participating actively in your healing daily. Thank you for listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast with me, your host, Andrea Maximo. This is never a solo operation, so I must give big thanks to my team. Thank you to my podcast producer, Ritzba Estelle, my music creator and sound editor, Nick Brilla, my graphics and social media team, Studio West Design. And if you're ready to learn more about the power of sparking your sensual energy and creating an electric life, you can find my private coaching information at anjuamaximo.com. You can also follow me on IG at The Electric Feminine for new episodes and daily doses of inspiration, sensuality, and personal growth. Be good to you and be good to each other.